0: Tell Karen to make a joke and we'll, we can cut, put it in. Yeah, you got a math joke? What's purple in commutes? Ooh, what? Abelian grapes. It's
1: ridiculously funny. Okay,
0: okay. We'll, we'll keep that in.
2: Yeah, I'd, uh, <laughs> I'd look that up on the internet, but I don't know how to spell any of that. <laughs>
0: Prophecy's basement to your ears! This is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau meet to file reports, make recommendations and survive on water that drips from the boiler pipes into our open mouths as we sleep on a bed of dot matrix printer paper. One day, maybe, we'll escape from the subterranean hell that is this basement, but until then, This city is not going to improve itself. The meeting is now in session.
2: Hello. Oh, hi. It's been a while.
0: Has it? I mean, I don't know what time is about anymore. So I'm guessing that a while might be several minutes or maybe a month. I don't even
2: know. Um, You might be right. Um... I'm right. I'm, I'm probably right. I'm. I was actually just guessing that it's been a while. I was actually like put into stasis uh, mm. after our last meeting because um, I figured it was like way too hot and uh, steamy, and I should just be like put in a closet in cold storage.
0: Yeah, I got. I gotta say, all the dry ice that we had to get to put you in stasis has pretty much depleted our yearly budget.
2: It was worth it. I'm. I'm fresh and. Uh, I hope I haven't missed anything. There's, nothing's happened in the world, I hope. No, no, it's pretty much the same. Oh, good, good. Yeah. No, uh, no crazy political stories, no, uh, no nonsense in the United States? Fortunately, no. They've all decided to just chill
0: and not all congregate and contract, you know, COVID-19 at, like, astronomical rates. So oh, good, good. It's all fine.
2: Oh, and I imagine all of the uh, Black Lives Matter protests, those all, like, ended weeks ago then? yeah they they
0: they basically sat down and said well looks like looks like they everybody knows that black lives matter now and racism is over yeah. so they decided to go home okay and okay. uh they all got they all like with all the systemic barriers like removed from uh from black people in the states uh they all got like incredibly good jobs huh. and uh they now they're now the uh the country's billionaires, which they have redistributed because they yeah. are Okay. Not jerks.
2: Uh, they defunded the police, yeah. I'm assuming?
0: They defunded the police. Uh, now the police are all um, either unemployed or they're uh, social workers. Oh, good. Doing, doing good work. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I mean, we, all, we always knew that um, the Black Lives Matter movement, even existing over the last, say, I think around 12 years, has been a really successful movement. But nobody could have dreamed that it would actually just, Win and then everybody just like go home and
2: enjoy cold
0: drinks on warm nice. days.
2: Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sad. I'm sad that I was in cold storage uh, for mm-hmm. this. Uh, frankly, before I went into cold storage, everything was kind of shit. Yeah, and now, and now uh, it's
0: all solved, and uh, and we live in a glorious utopia. Um, unfortunately, there's no need for improvement now. Ooh. So, so what I did was I. Uh, I, I sent out agent provocateurs to undo selective amounts of like the good work that had been done. So there are so, some things that can be improved. Oh right, yeah.
2: Okay, well maybe we can uh, touch on some of those uh, in our meeting.
0: Today. Yeah, I mean mostly just what I did was increase the mosquito population and rabbit bats. Just small things that should be taken care of.
2: Sorry, did you say rabbit bats? Rabbit. Oh, rabbit. Or bats that or,
0: would be or is it rabbit bats
2: yeah that'd be or so that'd be something amazing
0: mhm agreed yeah.
2: big long-eared bats eating carrots
0: flying around stealing our vegetables
2: vexing hunters
0: <laughs> Vex. i am most vexed said the hunter Uh-oh. trying to get a rabbit bat
1: ho ho
0: i believe benedict cumberbatch is going to be in a movie about vexed rabbit bat hunters nice yes Anywho. Uh, should we take attendance?
2: we should definitely take attendance
0: okay, because no meeting can happen until we do that thing yes, okay, our first attendee is um oh it's uncle p head
2: uncle p head
0: yeah p e a head just
2: yeah yeah just yeah, in yeah. case you were curious the famous the famous
0: I remember back in the early fifties um we were all Pretty starved for entertainment. There was only, I think, one half of one television channel available to us, and uh, vaudeville had been declared communist entertainment. So, it paved the way for people like Uncle P Head, uh, Jim forthright Hackador, I believe was his name. Yeah. Uh, one day, uh, took, took his World War II infantry helmet, covered it with green crepe paper, and lo, Uncle P Head was born. Um, with funding from the Del Monte Company and the CIA, he he went on the road and on his "Democracy Is Really Cool" tour, you know, performing as Uncle P to kids yeah. all over the country.
2: That was uh, that was that was a heck of a time. Uh, there used to be you know late night TV in Ontario. There would be like uh, you know there'd be the Uncle. They would show the whole Uncle P hour. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the Stoner college kids loved the Uncle P Head Hour. Oh
0: yeah. I mean I mean he kind of he kind of was resurrected briefly uh, in the sixties as kind of like a you know a bit of Stoner comedy. Um and sort of had he's kind of had a bit of a a second life that way, as oh. an unwitting countercultural icon, even though he was undoubtedly an establishment stooge. Y-
2: yeah. Yeah, well, they you all might,
0: Yeah, I mean, you might remember when he used to like distribute um, his Freedom Pops, that frozen green liquid, which he said was like nutrition, like a nutritional like liquid derived from peas. Right. It was actually an experimental formula, trying to create like super soldiers, who could like be drop behind enemy lines and live oh. live on ditch water for weeks. Oh. Yeah, a lot, a lot of kids died. I essentially.
2: Oh wait! So you're saying that one should not use the Uncle P Head pops?
0: Yeah, and if you get if you get them from eBay, don't 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 try them.
2: Because oh damn it! Because you know I got some about a year ago, and they've been sitting in my deep freeze all this time. I've just been like you know saving them because you don't want to you know don't oh. waste a, a piece of uh, culture like that.
0: Wait, those those were your. Uncle P had freedom pops. I thought they were just like green apple pops.
2: No, no, Uncle P had pops. Wait, were you in my freezer? I, I don't want
0: to say that I was in your freezer and ate all your uncle uncle P had freedom pops, but I mean, I do have like some extra vestigial limbs now, small mm. arms coming out of the base of my spine, a tooth mm. growing out of my toe. Um, I thought I was special but Appears I'm like the victim of the military industrial complex.
2: Uh, when, how long ago did you eat those uh, Uncle P head pops?
0: Probably six weeks ago, which apparently from what I've read is um, slightly longer than the life expectancy of most kids who ate Uncle P head's freedom pops. So I figure I'm doing pretty good.
2: Okay. Well, you're good then. I think you're, I think you're covered.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I, I'm sorry. I ate my honest mistake.
2: That's Okay. They weren't vintage in their original packaging, though.
0: That that's true. That's true. Yeah. that's why you got them so cheap off eBay.
2: Yeah. But uh, well, anyways, he's clearly um, not here.
0: Well, no, he died um, tragically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe I believe he uh, died of being thrown out of a helicopter in the eighties. So. Oh really? No. Yeah yeah he, uh, he he really got into cocaine oh yeah
2: and so they threw him out of a helicopter because of his cocaine habit just a deal gone bad oh okay yeah i mean you you get into bed with the
0: cia you're gonna wake up covered in cocaine and then the bottom of a of a gully so that's what they say mm-hmm, that's uh, yeah i'm just i'm just i'm just parroting the popular wisdom yeah. um anyway uh yeah he's not here Oh, you know why? I think I think I might have mixed up the letters in his name. Oh dear! Oh, it should be Paul Deschen.
2: That's actually me.
0: Okay, you're Paul Deschen. I yeah. thought so. I mean, I recognized you. Okay. Yep. Um. Okay. So our second guess is uh, oh, Gordy Namana.
2: Gordy <laughs> Namana.
0: Namana. Yeah. Um. Not much is known. <laughs> Funny you should say that because yeah. that's Gordy Namana's real claim to fame. Oh yeah, he sued the Muppet Show. Really? Because he believed that they had actually ripped off his name for their popular Manamana sketch. Right. Yeah, he was uh, he was the most notorious and litigious person uh, ever to come from Archerville, Saskatchewan.
2: Really? Yeah. And they're known for their litigiousness there.
0: <laughs> they, they really are. More lawsuits come out of Archer Will than out of like Willow Bunch or even Wayburn. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: We all know. It. Yeah. yeah. Orange. No, forget it. Archer Will. Yeah. Uh, lawsuit capital of, of, uh, of Saskatchewan.
2: They have a giant gavel right up. When you come in off the highway, there's a giant gavel that you can see there.
0: That's right. Bills, bills, bills. They say Yeah. the unofficial uh, Justice, class action justice. Um, anyway, uh, he, he contended in the suit that his own identity had suffered, and that he had begun to fade away as a result of the Manamana uh, mana sketch on The Muppet Show.
2: So did he mean that literally or figuratively?
0: Apparently literally. He, uh, he is now like a, a pale reflection in the water, like on a moonlit night.
2: Uh-huh. And he
0: can be vaguely heard going Manamana. Mana.
2: Right. And then the loons go
0: do do doo phenomena that's that's what happens
2: yeah
0: it's it's a tragedy um although I'm not sure how he got he can even get into our studio or into our, our meeting room because you know he's confined to like a like a like a pool like in a slough an archer will
2: right with a loon he, he can't transport himself into the reflections in the puddle here in the sub basement
0: no he that's uh that would make him much too powerful, and it basically, then we'd have to hunt him down, and exterminate him. Okay. Yeah.
2: Maybe we'll save that for our Halloween meeting.
0: Oh, wait a sec. Um. Uh, this is embarrassing. I think uh-huh. I mixed up the letters in his name. Should be um. Should be, of course. Oh, should be Aiden Morgan.
2: Which is you? That is me. Yes.
0: Not Gordian Ramana?
2: No, not at all.
0: Oh. Well, I'm a little disappointed that it's me, but okay. Oh, I'm, I'm here. All right, we have quorum.
2: Cool. No. No, no. we don't.
0: Oh, well, we tried. Yeah. We can Let's still do have... this anyway. Yeah.
2: All right. We have a lot to get through because we have not uh, had a meeting in three weeks.
0: Oh, lordy.
2: But the gears of city council continue to turn
0: hmm Even if ours don't.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They should really take breaks when we take breaks. Agreed. Although um, a lot of what they were talking about at their last council meeting was about how much work they have to do. Um, <laughs> glad they spent a good, you know, half an hour of their meeting talking about how much work they're doing. Uh, but before we get to that, I thought we should just, you know, big thing is happening uh, in a couple of weeks. The Connexus building in Wiscona Park. Uh, will be opening up on July 20th.
0: Whoa! Just
2: days before my birthday. Oh, yeah. Maybe they will throw you a party in the new restaurant Mm. on the ground floor of the Conexus building called the Slice Cafe.
0: Oh, I'm so glad they're... I I knew they were planning something, Mm -hmm. but I didn't realize it would be for me. I'm touched. Yeah, a slice of cake for
2: you from Slice.
0: So... Tell me about this cafe.
2: I know nothing about it. Nobody knows anything about it. Tonight, the, the day that we're recording this meeting, is the day that they're uh, starting to move into the building. And there will apparently be a, uh, a chance for people to go in and take a look around. Uh, all I have seen so far is what it looks like from the exterior. And I, I don't know. Have you seen it? I have not. Oh, my God. Um, it's, it's a thing. It is a great big burgundy thing in the park. Burgundy? Burgundy. Like really? That doesn't like, sound really weird. burgundy. Yeah, no, seriously. If you can look it up on your uh, machine there, you should take a look.
0: Okay. Well, let's see. Papa
2: Because it's uh...
0: Oh wow, that is very, very burgundy. You're not wrong.
2: Yeah. I I I have to admit I was a little bit surprised because um when they cut the deal with, uh, with uh, the university and got like approval from the city to uh, build in that plot of land, uh, which part of the land that they're building on, uh, there was like a chunk of it that was owned by the city. And the city, uh, normally the city has no control over what happens in Wisconsin Park because that's provincial land. But it did own this tiny sliver of land that they needed to build this building and the city sold it for a dollar. So that this could go ahead, um, but yeah, it's. Uh, they talked about how they were going to do their best to uh, make a building that you know was harmonious with the park and with the the College Avenue campus, which is just to the east, like literally connected to Dark Hall. Uh, it is, and this slab of burgundy that they put next to it. I don't know in what fevered architect dream uh this is a harmonious construction with what it's uh what it's next to
0: maybe they looked at the sort of brick and went well the brick is reddish so let's like just go all out on burgundy let's let's go hog wild on the
2: burgundy Oh, so maybe they were just, they had like a picture of the College Avenue campus and uh, they used the eyedropper to suck up a single pixel and they just, you know, happened to get that one burgundy pixel. Out right, of the, just, uh, just a quick
0: Photoshop and away they went.
2: Yeah. You know, uh, apparently inside it's supposed to be really nice. Like I say, I haven't been in, I don't know. It's supposed to have a three-story, uh, uh, what are those like vertical gardens? Is that what they call them? Vertical gardens? Hanging gardens? I, I don't yeah, know. it's like a wall that, has, that they've jammed plants into. And, oh, okay. Uh, this is supposed I'm to be part call of call it. it
0: a plant jam and
2: wall. I like that. I like that better than whatever else they've used. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's supposed to be, they're claiming that it's the most environmentally uh, conscious building that has ever been built in Regina uh, because it has a plant wall that's three stories tall, whatever that does. And uh, it's wired for solar power, though it has no solar power.
1: Uh,
2: well, maybe by 2050, they'll turn the solar panels on. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think being wired for solar just means having wiring and a roof. Right. But I don't know. I'm not an expert. Maybe they've done something fancy. But maybe they have oh, a hey, plug on the roof. Maybe, yeah.
0: Um, and uh, maybe they have a window. On the roof where you oh, can get sunlight,
2: right? Yeah, or trapdoor.
0: Oh, I should I should mention. I uh, recently saw an article that um, the city of Sydney has uh-huh. uh, already reached the goal that uh, the city of Regina uh, is pledged to get to by you know twenty fifty or whatever. Right. Um, you know, by basically taking their operations and making them giving them a zero carbon footprint. Right. And I have to say, way to go, Sydney, Australia. I mean, you're not nearly like as large or complex a city as Regina, Saskatchewan, yes. which is why we have to take decades to get there. Yeah. But congrats, Sydney.
2: You know what I bet they did? Because what we do here in Regina, we make sure that everything that we do is a made-in-Regina solution. I'm mm-hmm. sure Sydney just got one of those off-the-rack solutions.
0: Probably.
2: It might not fit so great. Anyways, uh, yeah. So the, the the where were we? We were talking about uh, Sydney off the rack. Oh,
0: it's it's uh, yes, tiny, tiny backwater Sydney, Australia's laudable attempt to reach like a zero emission city.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. Well, good on them. Good on them. I'm sure they'll be disappointed when uh, in 30 years they see what we come up with. Right. It'll be like, if only we had waited. Um, Yeah, okay, so uh, yeah, we have a super high-tech environmental building opening on the 20th uh, that is uh, big and burgundy and uh, uh, square-ish. Man, that's all I I asked for out of the city. Yeah. Big burgundy city with a plant wall? If only more of the city weren't burgundy with plant walls.
0: Hey, let's all move into that building. Like just get the whole city into that big, just jam everybody in there.
2: Yeah, that's a good idea for the big grand opening on the twentieth.
0: Yeah, just I mean, stack us up if if they need to. I mean, let's 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 be environmentally conscious and just pack everyone
2: in there. Other news: uh, the city uh, is going to be considering at the next executive committee meeting uh, expanding mail-in ballots. Well so that if you're concerned about the COVID, uh, you don't have to show up at a polling place to vote municipal election in November, I believe it is. Previously, apparently, uh, you, uh, you, you had to apply and you had to uh, say, you know, there was a reason why you couldn't vote in person. And now basically, your, people's concern about COVID is a valid concern. And so they're going to expand the mail-in ballot, ballot. Sorry, the number that they give out uh, you will need um, to have a witness to sign your uh, to sign your voting declaration, and uh, that can be uh, another family member who's of voting age, uh, an in law grandparent, anybody who's like eligible to vote, also like doctors, police officers, lawyers, dentists, anybody uh, who's like a real person can sign your voting declaration. Uh, And you'll also have to like, you know, scan or photocopy a copy of your uh, government issue ID with your photo on it and send that in. So the the goal is to make this easier and to uh, just make everybody want to vote by mail. Mm -hmm.
0: It's amazing how many certainties just have evaporated in the face of COVID-19.
2: Yeah, yeah. Considering that the election is so many months away that we have to make plans like this in Mm -hmm. advance because who knows we could be going through all of this all over again by then
0: i look forward to that no i do not so yeah wear wear masks outside people yeah 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 a bunch of dinguses do it
2: and just wash your freaking hands it's really not that hard
0: yeah uncle p head says wear a mask and wash your face and try my freedom pops
2: yeah of course, I think he wanted people to, like, wash his face for, you know, kind of unsavory reasons.
0: A little bit. Yeah. Also, just, I mean, you know, it gets pretty sweaty under that helmet.
2: Yeah. Still, I mean, I was recommending people wash their own hands, not <laughs> wash my face. <laughs> <'Cause> that's <laughs> gross. <laughs> okay, everybody.
0: COVID-19 is coming around, so line up and wash my face. Yeah. Uh, only one dozen people at a time, please. Thank you very much.
2: Anyways, we are blasting through this agenda. We are... Oh, wow. We're as productive as council. Oh, my. We well, we work hard. Should we, should we spend a
0: half hour talking about how hard we work?
2: Well, no. How about we spend the next few minutes talking about how hard council works, though? Yes, better. Yeah. Better. We're on More on brand. Yeah. On 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio. Um... So there was a council meeting on June 24th and uh, they moved up their motions to the beginning of the meeting to cover those first, because they knew that they had a really, really long agenda and they might not get, they might have to like table the motions again, which usually motions come at the end of the meeting. They move them up to the beginning. Uh, The first motion that they considered, uh, and it was defeated, so I'm just spoilers, Uh, was to disband the Priorities and Planning Committee. This is a committee that was started up about a year ago, and pretty much everybody who watches council was like, this sounds an awful lot like the executive committee, because what it's supposed to do is cover um, larger planning issues with a longer timeline or horizon. So, And it was supposed to be a chance for councillors to consider broad strategic initiatives uh, and just discuss them without the pressure of having to make, you know, immediate decisions like you have to do in executive committee though. Anybody who's watched executive committee knows that's not necessarily the case. Uh, Councillor Hawkins was like the agendas for planning and priorities and the agenda for executive are indistinguishable. We should just kill one committee and have all the planning committee meetings As executive committee meetings. Um, And a lot of items that were supposed to go on the executive committee agenda are going on to the planning committee agenda because there's so much stuff going on at council right now. And the meetings are going so long because people talk so much that they can't fit all their items in the available meetings that they're starting to like spill over into other committees. I, I think they should just be meeting constantly basically. Yep. 24-7. Constantly. Yeah. And I mean, they're all on Zoom now all the time anyways. They should just always have a meeting going. And then whenever something comes up, they could just deal with it right then and there. A single committee, just bundle everything into a single committee that meets constantly.
0: And like they can take breaks to sleep, but they should sleep on Zoom as
2: well. Yes. So that happened and it didn't happen. So that didn't pass. Uh, but the one thing that did pass at that meeting that was good, this was also a Councillor uh, Hawkins motion, was to switch to recorded votes for all votes. So in the past, they would vote by a show of hands, and the minutes would not reflect who voted in which way for a motion. It would just be failed or carried. There are no cities that, that follow this system any longer. No significant cities anyways. Uh, they're now going to... Uh, uh, they're now going to like get some technology so that they can push a button to vote. Uh, finally,
0: I, I hear that backwards. Uh, Sydney, Australia, actually votes with uh, horses. Oh, really? Yeah, they they use like horses to like tap, and uh, that way nobody ever knows who votes for what. Oh, smart. Yeah, that's I'm just another piece of evidence that Sydney, Australia, you know, obviously is light years behind us.
2: Yeah, yeah. We're in the process of buying some electrical technology so that we can vote, and they're still using tapping horses.
0: We, whereas we make use of that, like, precious, like, electrical fluid.
1: Yes. Uh, you
2: know,
0: yeah, harvested by Ben Franklin and, uh, and put <laughs> to use for the betterment of all mankind
2: so anyways that was it uh, there's more from that meeting and that meeting actually spilled over uh, they had to have a follow up meeting on June 29th to cover all the stuff that was on the agenda um, but we are um, we, we need to move on to the next item on our agenda which is innovative revenue tools and I don't have one oh yeah. well
0: I mean two things one this is the first I've ever heard of innovative revenue tools as you know uh, and two I don't have one either
2: well, I guess we'll have to move on to uh, some pre-recorded innovative revenue tools um, because. Oh I wait, get...
0: hold on. Um, uh, sticks, sharp pointed sticks.
2: Oh, what about them? How can we make money with those?
0: We we run around the city and say to people, "If you don't give us money, we'll um we'll pretend these sharp pointed sticks are yours and we'll frame you, and you go to jail."
2: Okay, we'll send that idea upstairs. And uh, in the meantime, we'll play some other Innovative Revenue Tools right now. The Queen City Improvement Bureau would like to acknowledge the Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District for their support of our show. The Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District. Improving the district where there are warehouses in Regina. And we are back from Innovative Revenue
1: Tools.
0: You know, I can't help but think that all those other pre-recorded IRTs were just a pale imitation of my brilliant pointed stick idea.
2: It's true. Yeah. Yeah. The next thing that I thought we should uh, cover in this uh, meeting is uh, not a council meeting. It's actually the planning and priorities uh, committee meeting from June 17th. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: It's ancient news almost.
2: Yeah, except um, it's going to, it, it has it has far reaching impacts. This was a big meeting. This was super important. The big item that was covered on it, there were only two items on the agenda that they got to that meeting. Uh, and the big item was the sustainable city motion update. Uh, and this relates to what you were talking about with the city of uh, Sydney, the, um, Mm -hmm. the Sustainable City Motion was made on October 29th, 2018. Uh, It was voted, it was approved unanimously, uh, elicited a standing ovation from the packed gallery, and the motion was to, as you mentioned earlier, uh, make the city of Regina a renewable city, 100%, by 2050. And, uh, but things have kind of going off the rails in a lot of people's minds Uh, at a a follow-up meeting the council was uh, expected to have a framework to get to this 100% renewable by the end of 2019 and instead of that what they got was in the spring of 2019 administration said let's let's have a conference and that became the Reimagine Conference that we were supposed to have in May of this year, but that was canceled because of COVID. The famed uh, Reimagine Conference that had invited Patrick Moore, the climate change denier, as their keynote speaker. There was a demand then from council to have this update on what is the progress on the sustainable city, sustainable city motion, and what are we going to do now that this conference was kind of like foundational to what this uh, uh, renewable city framework was going to look like. And so this, this update is coming to a priorities and planning committee meeting. And normally you don't see a lot of uh, delegations coming to these daytime meetings. Uh, this meeting was interesting in that tons of groups showed up to express their displeasure with how far things have gone. Uh, I think a lot of people have some time on their hands. And they have some freedom to show up for meetings like this that they may not have had in the past. So they had, I think, I believe it was 12, uh, delegations showed up. Oh my. Uh, Yeah. And basically what the delegations were saying is that they're happy to see that the conference has been canceled because a lot of groups were like, we want a framework. We don't want to have to go through the whole rigmarole of a, uh, a conference. The conference was just kicking the can down the road for a year. And a lot of people were dismayed by how they interpreted the original renewable city motion, the sustainable city motion to be calling for the entire city of Regina to be a net zero emission, a 100% renewable city. But that, that had been sort of reinterpreted over the course of several meetings into a, just the city operations and very sort of like, narrowly defined what city operations were is going to be the energy that is used to power buildings and the fleet of vehicles that the city uses. That's all that was, they were going to be aiming for by and, 2050. And the, by 20, so that tiny,
0: so that narrow definition would take now 30 years to accomplish.
2: Yes. Yeah. Well,
0: perfect, perfection, takes time, obviously like three and decades of it. Decades. Interestingly enough, you know what's going to happen around 2050?
2: What's going to happen in 2050?
0: I will be almost 80 years old. Think about that.
2: Wow. Well, I will be older than that. So if
0: we're lucky, you and I will be alive to, to see the glorious, sustainable future of, of, of the city of Regina.
2: Right. Uh, actually, you know, I think it's like statistically not a throne of possibility that I would not live to see the city of Regina have, you know, like, renewably powered buses. Um, Yep. (laughs) A lot of council will uh, be long dead and gone before we reach this this target. So, sorry, the delegations were also – they're also wondering what happened to – Councillor Hawkins felt that what was needed was uh, to kick off the sustainable city motion. There should be, like, four quick start items that the city could – that the city could get to work on right away and, you know, sort of like complete by 2023 kind of thing. Like, you know, real near, near term, low hanging fruit. Um, and he, he called for this back in 2018. So we're already like two years and we haven't even identified that low hanging fruit yet. So the delegations are like, what happened to these? We need to fast track these. Cause they were supposed to be fast tracked from the beginning. And the other concern was that in declaring that there would be this, uh, conference there was uh, it was noted that they were going to be inviting the oil and gas sector to share their wisdom on renewable technology at this right. conference, and the mayor was a staunch defender of this idea that the oil and gas industry should participate in this conference, and a lot of the delegations are you know sort of were suspect about this participation These, they perhaps may not be the most honest actors. Where renewable technology and climate action are concerned
0: well, well, to be fair, when you're trying to like look at the security of the hen house, I mean who better than the foxes to like tell you how it
2: is so uh, we do have a little bit Councillor Hawkins, after the uh, administration uh, presented their report, Councillor Hawkins had some things to say. You can always count on the hawk. Can, you know, can we like get that hit.
0: on a T-shirt?
2: Can you can always count on
0: t- the hawk. <laughs> can, yes. Can we? Can we, Paul? Please. We can should we? be
2: put in charge of his uh, re-election campaign. Um, we could have like uh, posters with all of his like best sayings. Okay, uh, I wanted to play a little bit of uh, Hawkins's response to the administration's report. Um, the administration was basically saying, "Let's not have a conference." Um, and gave sort of like a sort of micro-update of the progress they had made. It, uh, well, as you will see from this, uh, or hear from this, uh, from this clip, Hawkins was underwhelmed by the city administration's response.
1: I, I want to begin by saying how impressed I was with the delegations. I thought they put very considerable thought, imagination, and uh, research work into the presentations. And they gave us much to work, work with and to think about. I also want to say right at the beginning that Renewable Regina has been a signature project of this council. Uh, we've voted these in matters on several occasions uh, unanimously, and the public has told us over and over again uh, that they want us to act on these matters. Like the delegations who spoke, I felt a certain sense of disappointment uh, with a report that I've just placed on the floor. I was disappointed that we hadn't been working on a sustainable framework at the same time that we were planning the conference. I thought that it was possible that the two activities could have been carried out together, one modifying the other from time to time. Um, I was also concerned that uh, the recommendation represented something of a half a loaf. Uh, it dealt with conservation. It Uh, Dismissed renewable energy. I think that the point is that we should uh, We should have a hundred percent can-do attitude towards uh, Sustainable Regina what we got was a 50% can-do attitude and I'm concerned that's not enough And Finally, I want to say that um, uh, I would have appreciated if the report had been more bold it went over a number of useful Old initiatives on the environment, but it was short on uh, new initiatives, and some of the delegations brought that out. So, in light of those comments, your worship, what I'd like to do is I would like to uh, put a referral motion on the floor.
2: Hawkins was disappointed.
1: Sounds like
2: that summed up comments from a lot of other councillors. Councillor Stevens uh, was very disappointed. Councillor Brashani was very disappointed. Uh, So but Councillor Hawkins brought forward a referral motion and this was the longest and most significant referral motion that I have ever seen at city council ever brought forward. Uh, It's too long to do justice in our meeting right now. I, in short, what Hawkins was looking for is he wants, he wants the form brought back in the first part of next year, uh, but he wants it to focus on uh, local experts instead of bringing in experts from outside. He wants it to focus on uh, bringing in uh, disenfranchised and uh, otherwise like uh, other voices that lack representation in discussions of this sort. Uh, and he wants, uh, and he, you know, he envisions this being a, uh, at the time of writing this, he envisioned it being a, uh, a virtual forum online. Hmm. Although, you know, he conceded that perhaps by the beginning of next year, we could have a live, a live conference, but he's, he's imagining something much smaller than I think what the reimagined conference was going to be. But at the same time, much more sort of like locally representative, uh, he wants, uh, by September of this year, he wants, um, There were a couple of reports that are, like, very old. Uh, An autonomous vehicle report was due in January of 2018. Uh, He wants that and has not come forward yet. Uh, He'd like to see that by September. And a report on uh, solar panels was supposed to be due also again back in 2018. Uh, This was uh, putting solar panels on city buildings and generating power that way. Uh, He's like, why aren't we getting any updates on these? Ah, uh, those were supposed to be bundled into this framework that was supposed to come in May or June after the conference was held. Um, so he's trying to like you know speed those up. Uh, he wants a report on uh, how do we engage Sask Power to uh, to deal with the mix of sustainable renewable energy that the city gets. And uh, if we can't rely on SAS power, he wants the city to look at alternatives. Like what are our options going forward? If we can't rely on SAS power to provide us with renewable energy uh, that we need. And then he lists all sorts of details that he wants to see on um, he wants, he wants to return to the original goal of a citywide action plan to get us to 100% renewable for the entire city, not just city operations. And he wants to expand it so that it wouldn't just be focusing on uh, like power generation, but it would look at how do we include transportation infrastructure, public transit, other vehicles, waste management, the water treatment plant, parks and urban forests. How can all of these things be incorporated into our sustainability framework? So, I think that echoes a lot of what may have come out of the reimagined conference. If it, if it came to its like ultimate fruition, because it was going to be a wide ranging conference, according to counselor O'Donnell. And yeah, he wanted to see how we could engage indigenous communities and other marginalized communities through this process. So he took a lot of the criticisms that were raised by the delegations and had incorporated all of that stuff into this uh this amendment that came forward or this referral motion that he brought forward. The response for this, he's expecting by the September planning and priorities committee meeting. So he hasn't given administration a lot of time to work on this. They've only got a few months to come back with a response to everything that he's put into this referral motion. And it's, you know, it's like 300 words, 400 words. This received a lot of support, this referral motion. Just based on what we heard from um, the delegations that came out that night, a lot of the delegations were really impressed by this motion and are looking for ways to get involved in this this whole process that Hawkins imagines evolving out of this this meeting. There were a few people, though, who weren't quite as on side with this. And you uh, are probably not surprised to hear that... uh, uh, our mayor, Michael Fougere, uh, uh-huh. voted against it. And this did pass in the end. Uh, there were only two votes against Fougere and Findura, actually, which was a bit of a scandal because Findura was one of the three original signatories to the original Renewable City motion. All right. He voted against this uh, this referral motion here. Curious. Yeah. So I'm going to play for you a little bit of what... The mayor had to say on this.
3: So um, I know that there's uh, lots of lots of emotion and lots of uh, of um, concern about the process, and you know this is not an easy issue. This is likely by an issue itself the largest one we'll handle, we'll tackle this term, in my view. If we if this referral motion passes, and if it passes, when it comes back in September, because I think what we're looking for now is. Is a report to come back on this not not that we're approving this um, but I also want to be realistic here and I, I want to go back to discussions we had over the past years that we were not idle uh, a lot of the information uh, that prepared us for today was information put forward for the conference that was cancelled and there's lots of work behind the scenes by the administration to to move us forward and if we decide to go to a different direction that's fine but I don't want to um, undervalue the work that's been done I supported as council did and unanimously to move forward in the framework that, w- that was focusing on city operations facilities and fleet with the intention that we would be moving this forward in, in a community wide discussion later on I still favor that I think that that's an incremental approach that's fair because in my view I don't think that taxpayers or residents of this area generally know what we're doing here they don't. Now, part of the education is passing this and then having these discussions with public input. But for the moment, we're getting lobby groups that are lobbying us and not the general public. And that's okay to have lobby groups lobby us. That's what they do. But at any balanced initiative where you're talking about sweeping changes to policy, we've got to find a way to ensure that we have the general public who are not vested in this um, state their opinion how they feel about this. And I know that what I heard over the past uh, year or so about people feeling excluded from the discussion at the council initially, and didn't have a voice. That may or may not be accurate, but that's how they felt about it, and so I'm gonna, I'm gonna accept that as being a perspective that I think is legitimate. But also I, I, I wanna see broader committee input and not just those delegations that came here today. I would be very dissatisfied with that because we want a balanced approach to this.
2: Okay, so that was Mayor Fougere responding to this, uh, this referral motion. And um, several things were striking about this, but I think the most obviously striking is his reference to the delegations that showed up at the Priorities and Planning Commission meeting that night or that afternoon as lobby groups.
0: Oh, yeah, bought and paid for by the People Association. Yeah. Um, can can I, can I give, can I sum up my reaction, Mm. uh, to, to what he said in, in just a few syllables, four syllables, come the bleep on, like, come on.
2: I, I have never seen this happen before where, uh, citizen, uh, citizen delegations, would be dismissed as lobby groups by right. the mayor but, of the city.
0: But he wants broad input from the community, but apparently not mm. from members of the community who are lobby groups now,
2: Yeah. somehow. Many of the people who spoke that night came out to, as they said, uh, I'm here representing myself.
0: Right. Uh, they did say they, they were lobbying for themselves.
2: I guess. To to characterize to dismiss all of these groups as uh, lobby groups seemed grotesque
1: mm-hmm. for the
2: mayor to have done. I I, I don't know. I was. It, it's been a few weeks since this happened, so uh, my my gorge has ceased rising. Uh, my my anger has uh, subsided somewhat. But re-listening to that, I um, I'm ki- I'm kind of still livid, especially since. Uh, he goes on uh, to a great length to defend the inclusion of oil industry representatives into the whole process of making our uh, renewable city framework.
0: Who certainly aren't lobby groups. Exactly.
1: No,
2: no somehow industry uh, industry participation is just logical and uh, uh important if we're going to get like, you know, the full story, but somehow the people who showed up at the council, at the uh, committee meeting, having them participate is somehow skewing the discourse.
0: Well, well, you need broad input from the community and the community means whoever Michael Fougere needs it to be, frankly, and i just I, I yeah i i am i am deeply disappointed in that in what i just heard
2: and he's up for election this year and um he 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 won no friends from this uh from this meeting yeah uh uh and his his idea that it was a, it was ultimately characterized that the uh the involvement of the oil and gas industry in this process um makes sense because they have a lot to offer. And also, uh, you know, we're going to be getting our power from fossil fuels for a long time. So we need to look at ways to uh, sort of mitigate the harm, right? Like harm reduction. Uh, What seems to have been like missed in all of this is one of the reasons that a lot of groups flagged oil and gas involvement uh, at the beginning wasn't so much that, you know, oh, we don't want oil workers to be involved in the transition, every group came out and said that oil workers and the unions should be involved. The workers should be involved in coming to the conclusion to, uh, to a more sustainable city. Uh, people were concerned by the way that the involvement of the oil and gas sector had been phrased in the, in the, uh, the city's report back in July of 2019. Uh, mm-hmm. When, when administration presented their report saying we're going to have a conference, this is how, they characterized oil and gas involvement. Ideally, the conference will include an internationally recognized keynote speaker. We all saw how that turned out. Who would bring a unique and innovative approach and perspective to environmental sustainability. The city looks forward to the participation of the oil and gas sector in the conference to ensure the city can leverage any innovations the sector is pursuing. It was... That sort of uncharacteristically, unbureaucratic, we're looking forward to involving the oil and gas sector. Uh, I think a lot of people looked at that and were like, hey, whoa, 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 hang on a second. We're not looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. You you know who was looking forward to involving the oil and gas sector in the whole uh, situation, in the whole discussion? (laughs) The oil and gas sector. They were looking forward to it.
2: Yeah. And I think the mayor was too.
0: Oh yeah. Well, yeah. whether or not he wanted to look forward to it,
2: he he was looking forward to it. He was. Yeah. That's how that played out. The mayor basically got steamrolled on this one. As I said before, it was a uh, it was a nine to two vote in favor of this referral motion. So in September, we're going to be getting this back with. Um, <sighs> with all of the, uh, the extra information that uh, Councillor Hawkins has asked for. Um, I think it's a refocusing of this, this motion from before. All of that said, Mayor Fougere has raised an interesting point that I think the rest of Council, Councillor Hawkins, Stevens, Murray, all have to answer for. When the motion was passed, you know there was a standing ovation, a lot of clapping each other's backs over what a great job everybody did. Uh, And then it was the following meetings where the mayor said, oh, wait a second, we're just going to be focusing on uh, city operations. But the mayor was never actually called out in council on that reframing. And he did get his unanimous vote at that meeting in in favor of the conference with the language included that reframed it as a citywide or not as a citywide, as a, a city operations objective. Um, his language, or sorry, administration's language about welcoming oil and gas. Again, that was in the report that was unanimously approved by council going forward. And council unanimously approved holding a conference and pushing the uh, the framework down the road. So to have Councillor Hawkins and Stevens and the others come back and say, oh, we're very disappointed at the direction things have gone. Uh, We're going to, you know, we're going to push to get the train back on the tracks. They've had opportunities over the past two years to object to the direction things were going, to not vote uh, unanimously in favor of a lot of these things, and they didn't. So the administration was put, it was kind of put into a corner and is ending up to look like a bit of a I don't know chump through all of the these political sort of shenanigans. Which I think that, uh, I don't know. I have a lot of theories about why this happened and how this happened. COVID uh making the conference not happen definitely uh definitely contributed to this cluster F. But uh that's right. where we are
0: now. Wow, what a what a place to be.
2: Yeah. So anyways, that's a, a rambling way to say that uh, the, the sustainability framework is going to happen. Uh, people can take heart that it looks like it will be much closer to what people were envisioning uh, in, the, you know, in the first days. But who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? There will be an election before any of this comes to fruition, so uh, the citizens of Regina will be able to vote on whether they want this to go forward or not.
0: Hopefully they'll vote the right way.
2: Yeah. Anyways, that's about it. I think we're pretty much out of time.
0: Well, then, uh, should we move to adjourn?
2: We should move to adjourn.
0: Okay, I move. I second. You second. This meeting is adjourned. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR. Your hosts are Paul Deschenes and Aiden Morgan. Music by Ryan Hill, a.k.a. Guidewire. Uh... You can find us as well Thursday uh, evenings broadcast live, well, sort of live, uh, from 7 to 8, and rebroadcast Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Uh, coming up next, we may have the Cockpit, may have, um,
1: oh, Nordcore.
0: wow, Norcore Cabaret with Matty V. It's been a while since we've done this. Uh, followed by the Cockpit and then music all on through the night. That's all. Keep on improving, Regina.